Oh, it's cracking, lovely people. Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gardner, and I'm a nutritional therapist specialising in sports nutrition. Thank you, as always, for downloading and listening in. And the podcast generally focuses on nutrition, movement and outdoor experiences. And at this point, I have over 135 episodes up and available to you. So after listening to this one, look back and find some of the others and see which title resonates with you. And I hope you find something useful. The show is supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use Matt10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. I've just made more some purchases of their Ultimate Greens Powder, Energy Bars, Energy Drink Powder for my cycling and running. And if you're keen on a natural sports nutrition-based product for your fueling and recovery purposes, then definitely take a look and I hope you find something useful. Also, I'm working with Forfed to deliver biomarker finger prick test kits to your home. If you click the link in my show notes, you'll be taken through to a page showing some of the tests I think you may find useful. So vitamin D, cholesterol and subtypes, long form blood sugar tests to name a few. And and, and I am an affiliate, so I'll receive a kickback if you purchase through them. I've spoken to fourth CEO a couple of times on the pod and you'll find those conversations also in the show notes. And I use their baseline plus test usually once or twice a year around April or November. So if you like the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show is going to grow. I know I bang on about it, but that would be mega. And please subscribe so you get the latest episode in your feed every week. And you can listen to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud and leave me a comment or a review on any of the platforms that you listen to me on. I think Apple Podcasts is the main one and that would be mega. Okay, today I have a guest coming back on the show. He's featured a few times and I believe he's probably my most listened to guest. His name's Jamie Lau and he's been coaching people since 2013. We met when I studied undergrad uh, level in sports and exercise sciences at the University of Birmingham. And he's a also a partner on my website. So you can go and check everything out that he does there. I'll link to that in the show notes Really looking forward to having a conversation with Jamie around all things movement and I'll bring the nutrition part. I hope you like it. We're going to go deep, big coffee and yeah, I hope you enjoy this wide ranging conversation. Let's get into it. Jamie, welcome back to the show, mate. How you doing? I'm really well, thanks, mate. And for people that haven't heard about you before, this is your fourth time appearing on the show. You're probably my most listened to guest, so no pressure, but just... Give everyone a little bit of a rundown and then we'll get into things. Yeah, hi, my name's Jamie Lau. Um, I live in London. Uh, I think we'll go back a little. Matt and I met at university. We both studied sports science. We both had big rugby backgrounds, had a uh, strength and conditioning, pro sport background, rugby, um, but moved much more into training general population clients. Um, and now kind of day-to-day with the current climate that we're in, most of my work is remotely. I coach people, um, and a bit like Matt, even though Matt is pushed towards nutrition and I'm pushed towards physical training, I think our you know general goals are to help people in life, help them optimize their day-to-day habits, help them feel good, make sure they have energy, uh, and just to make sure that everything is a bit more individualized. I think that's where we probably connect the most, is that we see that there are really big concepts in the world in nutrition and training that are very important but ultimately it's finding what works for each individual person so yeah that's like a small summation of me excellent mate and i think i'll just pick up on that point 
about being individual and stuff with the care straight away. And I think if anyone's listening, if they're new listeners or they're not really too sure about what we both do, we're, we're not the kind of coaches that work online and look after hundreds of users, clients, patients, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, Jamie's probably busier than me, but it's something where we do get around everyone we speak to and we we push individual care. And it's great if people want to work on mass and, and send out programs and macros and things, all the best to them. But I think that's important to say, and that's how we connect because, you know, if anything, we probably spend too much time thinking about the people we work with and, and how we do yeah. things. But it's just important to mention that because, um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of we'll take the 30,000 foot view in a bit on on uh, environments, movement and, and food and things like that with everyone. But then we'll, we'll probably bring, bring things in quite close as well, because these are conversations we've prob- probably had of our clients recently and each other, you know, back and forth. Like Jamie's on my partner's page and my website. We refer to each other all the time. So, yeah, maybe that's just something to just pin in for you, listener, to start with. And then we'll move forward. So I think, mate, we kind of agreed before the call we'd start with this, um, you know, what have we learned from phase one, uh, 1.0, whatever you want to call it, around lockdown. And it'll be good to get your spin on things as uh, a coach working now online from home, um, as as a dad, um, you know, looking after the household, everything. There's lots going on. But, yeah, how have you how have you found things? And, and what do you think is important for the listener to, to be aware of and look look back on over the last few months? Yeah, I think um, the biggest things that, you know, I think we actually just, you know, chatted as London or the UK was going into the first lockdown. Um, and we discussed kind of stuff that was quite hot at the time. Um, and it was, you know, trying to be quite broad. And I think now that the whole world has been, you know, affected by this in so many different ways, I think there's lots of things we can kind of take away um, from those and going, I guess, forward. Um, I think I'll touch on being a dad because, you know, for all the parents out there, um, I've definitely struggled much more probably recently than I did at the start um, and trying to be okay with the world being not the place that you thought you would or could raise a family and trying to balance all of that we were just kind of joking before the call the amount of pressure i think we have on society and each other to kind of achieve and be positive and to be healthy and whatever uh, and i think when you add in kind of family um, and having to look after people that just becomes exponentially more difficult and i don't really have any kind of golden gems apart from i generally try and say to be a good dad i have to be a good jamie um, so if I kind of, we'll probably go into it much more, but the things that make you, you, um, you've got to understand some of them you can't do. Like right now in London, we can't go to the gym. Um, and that's been a part of me. I think you know, we've been into a gym every week since I was probably 17, um, probably two or three times a week, like including even like Christmas weeks. I know like Matt's like nodding his head saying like, yeah, like I used to go on runs on Christmas day. Like we used to think about you know rugby going in in january and doing all of this stuff and it being a time to actually knuckle down on things so we're the kind of people that when those things get shaken up you know it's a big shake up for us um so that's kind of being a dad i know that you know i probably talk about being a dad quite a lot so we'll just park that aside a little and then i think my biggest learned um or things that i thought of in lockdown um, was just the interactions with people. I think we've changed the way we've interacted with people a lot, um, having to do it virtually, having to almost feel bad about seeing people, even when lockdowns get lifted. And I think it's really difficult. Everyone needs a different 
type of interaction and social contact because the rules and guidelines are different around the world as well as maybe like here we had different tier systems how you can travel i started to feel this huge amounts of guilt and kind of pressure to see and not to see people both for myself and then for my loved ones and then you know for what's right for the world and the population um and i thought you know that you know really changes all of our interactions and we kind of have to be quite quite cognizant of that uh, is there anything you thought of from the few months that have gone by matt yeah something that pops into my head straight away is the interesting conversation i have with um with brian my fiance because obviously i spend all, all my time with her and like you said we're it's it's actively not avoiding people but you're obviously acting to try to stay away especially more recently if you're listening to this you know we're, we're still in this mini lockdown phase and it's just having conversation about okay um we're very lucky obviously with our health and where we are roof over our head and things like that good and we can speak to loved ones even though that's virtually but it's also that uh kind of thing around how, how are we going to boost morale and what have we got to look forward to? And I was kind of look, looking back and we've got a little bit of a house project on at the moment, which is really exciting. But then apart from that, you do find your mind wavering and thinking, oh, you know, what could I, what could I go on and have a look at? Or what could I buy? Or just little things that were never really in, in my kind of like thought process. Because like you said, I like to be active. I like to eat good food. I like to go and meet people and do things. But then, you know, you're... Your, your mind wanders, like you said, in terms of how far can I push things and what's morally acceptable and, um, you yeah. know, do I feel guilty if I make decisions to go and see people and do things? But then also you're, you're looking for just – I keep catching myself thinking, like, what can I look forward to? And then I don't know. It's that you're, you're in that hard situation of should I feel bad or what could I fill the gap with? Um, and then ultimately, you know, that then comes down to more food, maybe a little bit of alcohol – um, you know, maybe a little bit more physical activity, but that's just the kind of way I'm wired. And I'm wondering how everyone else is navigating with that as well. Obviously, you've got a busy household with a uh, dog and, 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 and children and things like that. So it's, it is interesting, mate. So like you said, it just comes down to everyone's individual experiences. Uh, but that side I of things think, is um, interesting. Those short term fixes, I think, work to the start. You know, the big thing about this, I felt this next lockdown that we had is that it's now boring. You know, like before, there was some kind of newness to this all, and we were going to get on house party and do these. I mean, can't imagine the amount of like Zoom quizzes we did. You know, yeah. I did these talent shows with the boys, and we did, and it actually, so much of that was really fun, and it was really new, and it was really interesting, and it was summer for us, and we we're outside, and we were, you know, playing a bit more sport, maybe, or at least, you know, throwing a ball from far away if you were allowed to. Um, but all of that's kind of gone. And I think that's gone for the world. You know, everyone's kind of fatigue um, of this, you know, virus pandemic um, has become really high. And I think when we, and I've done it too, you know, this new lockdown happened, I bought basically these new circular balls that I threw over my pull-up bar. The pull-up bar was lockdown 1.0 to try and allow me to do some vertical pulling because um, trees were just hurting my hands too much, to be honest. Um, and I bought these little like, these circular things. And I thought this would be great. It's going to help with my grip. My grip strength has been really poor. When I used to do, you know, CrossFit, it was always a limiter. And I, and I literally tried to buy something to make myself feel better. And I put them on there. And firstly, they were really difficult. So any climbers out there that do any kind of like finger pulling or anything specific, like kudos to you because that was really, really hard. And then after I used them once, I was like, okay, that's that's done. And I was left really, really empty. 
Um, and I think that is what I've definitely struggled and what I've seen is that most people were able to, at least for a period, put short-term fixes in there and hoped that they would give some kind of medium-lasting kind of return. And I think lots of those things have just faded. Like, I'll buy some new running shoes so I can do my couch to 5K, right? And I did that in the first lockdown. Okay, I'm going to buy another pair. Like, I'm not spending that much money. Let's just buy another pair of running shoes. And the running shoes come and you do your first run in them and you're like, oh no, this is exactly the same. Um, and I've definitely been, you know, uh, someone who has fallen into that trap uh, and it's made me, you know, feel much worse. So I'm definitely moving towards, and I'll probably, you know, talk about it a bit, trying to put things in that are a little more based on you and that you can control as well as something that can build because who knows, you know, how long we might all be in this for. Um, I think before we thought it was going to be short and that actually gave us some, you know, mental acuity to kind of last a bit longer. And now we're kind of looking at each other. And even though, you know, vaccine hope and all that stuff, we know that it's not going to be in two weeks and it's not going to be in four weeks. Um, I think when people know that, you know, it kind of sinks in quite deep. Yeah, agreed. It's not a panacea, is it? And then also that unknown factor of what what's going to happen to the rest of the world. And obviously I'm not a specialist around this, but you're thinking, okay, there's there's temperature that needs to be in mind and, and then the distribution, how these things go. So, you know, if we're fortunate in the UK to be able to do this and then how is it when we travel? And um, yeah, you can fall down some interesting rabbit holes. I, I followed a guy I had recently on the on the podcast, a um, guy called Dean, and he runs he runs a supplement company. He's called uh, the, the Real Health Coach on, on Instagram, I think. And um, yeah, he was just putting up the stuff about how you're not going to be let into uh, events unless you can show that you've had the vaccine or you're not going to be allowed to go and do this and, and until you yeah. have the vaccine, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, that's already started. But I suppose that that's something in its own right. And I think, you know, you you can be in 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 either, you know, pro pro or against. Like, to be fair, most things in health and fitness, mate, you know, you've got people at opposite ends of the scale. And it's also about, you know, how can you try to not bring bias and then just wait and see what happens and 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 just look at things step back and um and just consider it but yeah like you said we can't we can't wait and think actually this is this is going to be something where boom by next spring everything's going to be amazing um and i don't know obviously i'm navigating it as much as everyone else but i'm just finding that i think i think i do i do well with discipline i do well with routine and and it does sound a bit cliche but i think for me i am learning more and more because i am people that listen to this if they do know me you know i'm part of me is a bit of a yes guy i'm all about momentum i'll do first think later but it has given me a bit of time to just you know sit 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 down and 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 just plan a bit more and and just kind of i don't know add a bit more detail and add add, add a bit of rigidity and and i think that that is that is giving me a bit more of a positive mindset and i'm becoming more confident in myself to be able to take on uh new experiences and and work with quite you know quite technical cases and um you know interact with people organize time like this mate you know we're, we're both while well, i'm having a coffee and, and we're having a good chat and um you know not feeling bad about doing this and then hoping that people will benefit from it so i think it's just trying to take little bits from your day and i do feel quite fortunate doing the pod and being able to connect with people because it is a couple of hours a week where it's uh yeah it's a re- it's a rewarding process so I, I don't really know where I'm going with that point, but I'm saying I think setting a routine within this, even though I don't know what's going to happen long term, I think day to day it is I am trying to build momentum through there and just trying to improve myself in certain ways. But then there's obviously this huge gap with just, you know, being able to 
to sit somewhere and and just chew the fat with friends or just easily go and yeah. travel and see family or um you know uh i know it's a bit of a again a kind of first world problem but wedding cancelled honeymoon cancelled all these things people people listening to this can relate to something and we are all in it you know something has must have been cancelled for everyone listening to this so i think it's just about sharing experiences really isn't it and 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 just talking to people and and um you know listening to how everyone else is getting on because i think if you just sit there with your thoughts and you don't communicate it can kind of consume you a little bit really can't it sure yeah definitely definitely um all right mate well i think that's you know that's obviously addressed a bit of the current climate and some of the things that we've maybe both gone through recently and it kind of sets the scene um we obviously spoke a little bit at the start of lockdown about working from home um, eating, exercising. So, how do you like to build on that side of things in this next kind of segment? And um, we, we can hopefully tease out a few fo- thought strands and, and move down them and give the listeners a few things to think about. Yeah, let's go pretty broad and then we'll go narrow because obviously my you know, expertise or more expertise is was through that training. Um, but I actually thought it was great. I saw on Instagram um, on the day that you know second lockdown happened in London, people were taking their like chairs on the northern line like back home and try because they just knew like this was gonna you know potentially be a lot longer and they wanted to set themselves up and i'm no you know expert here but i think you've got to be a little you know excited or whatever your you know work environment is and i think i saw like matt say that he was getting his standing desk out like right now to kind of film this and um record this you know i've got multiple different you know things that i can do to give myself different setups and I think that's important. Just like if you're at the office, you can probably walk somewhere to grab a coffee and you can um, go to see, you know, a colleague of yours and have a chat, maybe have a meeting room. Maybe there's a place that you got, you know, you're lucky enough to have that's a green space or, you know, a meditation area, you know, try and whatever works for you in the confines that obviously that you have, have those things that are there. And then I guess, you know, we'll, we'll touch on some nutrition. And I think Matt could go into it more, but you know, I think I'm right now I'm sitting, you know, in my kitchen. And I think being so close to your food and not knowing what you're gonna do with your food, and we were just talking about before the call, having a stocked fridge will help you make better decisions, um, particularly in times when you are both busy and stressed. Um, yeah, you wanna go into a bit more of the nutritional side? Yeah, I think I will in a second. I think obviously from your side, mate, the physical activity and the movement, I think depending on what people are doing and obviously if they're screen facing and things they do have to think about being presentable but people might be able to wear clothes that are are a bit uh freer you know they might be able to move a bit more often obviously some people are zoned in and they and they hit a task and they're typing away for a long time but i feel it's that conversation around the next position is the best position when i've had a physiotherapist and i've had a mutual friend on the show who uh dave brown who who works in ergonomics and desk setup and things and it's just little bits like that really isn't it before we maybe have a conversation about the the time of the day where you're deliberately doing structured exercise you then have that part where there's just little bits of movement we've had the kind of steps you know the neat and the non-exercise activity thermogenesis thing thrown down our necks because you would be commuting to work, sitting, commuting home, and, and there'd be a lot of time to be sedentary. So maybe at home, those other little wins are how how much more can you move around? And like you said, can you get in different setups? Can you get somewhere where there's a bit of sunlight? Um, how far does yep. your Wi-Fi stretch? Can you get out into a bit of a yep. green space that you might be lucky enough to have? Um, and these broad picture things, like we said before the call, mate, they don't they don't change and they are simple, but it is just about implementing them. 
Um, so I think before we do go into that nutrition side of things, I think that that is brilliant and it is is a cornerstone in just being able to tick tick over because sometimes you're not going to be able to hit your your sessions that you've decided on doing all week and and you can still do those little bits of movement and just try and just try and free free up the body. I know that's a reduction uh, a kind of reductionist term, but if I've got you know, a cycle session, a running session and two kettlebell sessions I want to churn through each week. That's kind of like my, my minimum. Um, if I can't if I can't kind of get around those, if I'm still thinking, actually, how much am I moving around the flat or going out for a walk or setting a job like I did this morning to, to get up and go early to screw fix or something like that and get in some steps. And, and those things are, are really important. And they just obviously help, hopefully, with your concentration um and and your energy levels and and i think it all feeds through so um, it's a roundabout way of saying um those little things do add up and they're probably not spoken about as much and now we're getting all this rammed down your neck of you know move everything out of the way you can nail this hit workout or um you know you can now make all these things from home and all these fantastic recipes or you can get something sent to your house and again it's all these like magic bullets but Going back to that vaccine conversation, that's that's that panacea. It's not. It's it's a bit of false psychotomy there. It's not going to be one one thing that's going to hit. It's going to be those little bits that you're doing each day. Yeah, just give yourself opportunity to succeed. You know, um, make it interesting. Just don't change anything for a couple of days, and just see how many steps you know you do do. And it might be really low. That's fine. And literally just say, hey, tomorrow I want to try and do 50 more, you know, or 100 more. Or by the cumulative end of the week, I want this many more. And don't, you know, this arbitrary 10,000 steps drives me crazy because 10,000 steps is just 10,000 steps. You might need far more. You might need far less. I can generally say you probably need a few more. But whatever that is, don't be so fixated on the number just do a bit more than you did before and then see how you feel you know i think we're a big advocate of measuring things and not you know we had the conversation about don't obsessively measure things um but you need to make sure you give yourself a chance to succeed and i think that's an easy an easy win there um, it was easy when we could commute but a little harder now you have to be a bit more active can you do one of your work calls what or having a walk can you you know go to the shop one more time just to buy something just to get those steps in or whatever it may be excellent mate i think that's brilliant and hopefully you know before we move on from this working from home segment a little bit and, and being quite broad i'll put you on the spot so there's you know four people is that correct in in your household at the moment four and lola so and lola brilliant so mate a quick run rundown of how how you uh basically go about because i know you're the you're the main man with the food i'm not saying adam doesn't doesn't do anything i'm sure he gets stuck in there too but mate how, yeah. how do you navigate the setup there i think that'd be quite valuable because that's you know i'm not saying that's a common number but people listening to this could could resonate with that amount of people um how, how do you do things in terms of uh everything from writing a list to then actually um you know cook, cooking the food kind of like day in day out let's have a few minutes and dig into that the practical side Cool, yeah, you have really put me on the spot, but it's a good question. Um, well, just put simply, we do our online shopping um, every week, and we have a slot, and it comes on a Sunday. That's just how we do it. Um, I never was super into online shopping, but it fits really well for my family, and it's just carrying things, whatnot. So a whole bunch of fresh food comes in. Um, I then generally, I look at the week as I want to give the boys three two to three hot breakfasts in a week and two to three cold. And when I say cold, they're pretty simple. You know, granola, wheat, wheat sticks, you can be dairy-free, you can be not. 
Uh, we, I put some nuts in there and normally half a banana, just because I split a banana and half between two of them. And then the other one that will be hot will normally be a couple of eggs, some spinach. Um, this morning we actually had some, because they will eat, as long as it tastes nice, they will eat it. So I had white cabbage, spinach, and a little bit of cheese with a couple of eggs, um, and they ate that. Powerful. And, yeah, exactly. That's making exactly. Powerful, mate. Um, and, you know, on the weekend, we're pretty freeform. So if I'm being lazy, which happens, we might just all have, you know, cereal, and that's fine, you know. But if I'm feeling good, I could make a little, you know, frittata thing. I literally just throw vegetables. If you've got children that like cheese, throw vegetables into a pan, whisk up some eggs, cook them together, put cheese on top and grill it, and they call it breakfast pizza. Because if you put enough, you know, little bits, particularly if it's, you know, hard, you know, good-tasting cheese, um, they will eat it. Um, so we normally do that, and then there's enough leftovers, either for the next day or potentially for the week. They get fed at lunch. My lunches generally consist of, I just had, I'm really into wraps right now, just because a wrap is, I feel like you can fill it much more than a sandwich, so I can get more vegetables um, and meat in there. I've been, and also I feel like you can get good options to put things in there too. So I'm okay now with buying, you know, a bit more money on some smoked salmon and some, you know, better, you know, quality meats. And I can just put that in there. Today I had some tomatoes, half an avocado and a, a bag of, you know, rocket salad. You know, super easy. I know Matt's massively into like making it easy, just making sure you have, you know, good quality, nutrient dense foods in there. And that was, you know, that's it, you know, not that difficult. Uh, and then in the evenings, I normally bulk cook something, some kind of um, like bolognese or some kind of meat based, you know, saucy thing that I can just whip up some, you know, hot, hot pasta um, or rice um, if it's, you know, a little bit of a chili or whatever that is. And I normally serve that two to three times in that week. I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to be so creative all the time that, you know, as, you know, you can space it out, you can freeze it, um, you can kind of move it around. And then the thing that always kind of happens every week in my household is because of my mother. We do this kind of like ginger soy, like chicken, um, you know, thing that you add white potatoes into as well. White potatoes and rice, double carb. You don't think it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Um, and it also like thickens up the sauce and you like cook the chicken inside the sauce, add hot water, it's actually really easy. You just put ginger, soy sauce basically, and just let all the juices in. You can throw in carrots and broccoli, make it a bit healthier. You can throw in white potatoes and just stir it and it becomes this like thick chicken, ginger, soy gravy. So that's kind of, you know, the real basics of my week. Um, I make it sound like it's really creative and obviously we're both really into health and nutrition. So, you know, it's one of the pillars of how I want to feed my family, but that isn't for everyone. I think there's multiple options out there that people can do that are maybe a bit simpler, or they can have little, you know, solutions for them for lunchtime that are pre-prepped um, or a meal, you know, solution service. Um, but that's my general, my general week. Excellent, mate. So picking up on a few points there. Weekly shop on a Sunday, and I liked how you've got this kind of tiered system and how you described it as okay when when I can do better when I feel like I've got more energy and, and I want to be creative, then I can put together eggs, veg, thing like that. But I do just have a simple fallback in terms of cereal and stuff like that as well. Um, I think that's absolutely brilliant, mate. And it's just very clear. And the breakfast pizza is probably a win for me. It's just a spin-off of, of, a, of a simple dish. You know, some people call it frittata or whatever, but I think that's really kid-friendly. And um, we spoke a bit as well on messages before the show about, about mouthfeel and palatability and how you can go deep into that kind of like cognitive and sensory 
uh, side of food and you've you know you've wrapped that up really well there and okay we could tease that out but you've taken learnings from from your mum how you grew up and things too and and we know eating's learned behavior um and i just ask you to to kind of go through that because i i know it's at the tip of your tongue you're very practical you're a foodie like me and i think that was um you know that was really clear mate i think the only other question before we move on to this is um to to support what you do mate with your activity you know, you're, you're demonstrating a lot of movements, you're sending videos to clients, you're doing your own fizz, you're always putting something up on Instagram. Do you do you do anything additional in terms of your, your food or supplementation and stuff that, that you have to organise for yourself compared to the rest of the family? Because there'll be people listening that, you know, they might have a base layer with, with the people that are living with them in their environment and they care about, but they might have to do this kind of top-up thing that I talk about as well. So what else potentially do, do you bring in uh, to support the things that you do so you can keep doing all your muscle ups and all of your uh your um you know your your extra training and all that jazz that we see and mate as well think, uh, you always forget to put your shirt on when you're doing all your training you need to remember <laughs> to do that i was wondering where all of this was going anyway go on so yeah is there anything else take me out it's more of an athlete than i am and i'm definitely not um which is fine um yeah i think you know, we spoke about a bit of intuitive eating i think we've both you know done a lot of different types of um, let's call them diets broadly, but just different types of food profiles that we've eaten before. And I can moderate um, and play with my nutrition quite flexibly because we just have learned through that. Um, like you said about habits and taste being a thing. One of the things, you know, we, I made mash last night and we had sausages and mash. You know, putting a bit of gravy on some vegetables, most children will at least eat some of them. And in the mash, uh, over two years that we, before we adopted the boys, I slowly changed it from white mash with butter and milk to adding some carrots in there, to adding some parsnips in there, so much so that they didn't even realize things were changing. I had, you know, I had chicken stock, like a cube into there, because it gives like a salty flavor in there that, you know, masks a bit of that vegetable they might not like. And then all of a sudden, you put vegetables in without even thinking about it. So for me, I'm quite, I'm, you know, it uh, depends on my how much I've got to do in the day and when I'm training. I mean, go, you know, that's quite a deep context, but I can eat a few more carbs and generally be fine. I'll recover from my training a bit more. If I'm doing more training, then I will have a few more, you know, easily digestible carbohydrates, some rice and potatoes, whatever that may be. Um, Supplement-wise, you know, I sometimes, depending on how much protein I take, have a whey protein isolate. Sometimes I'll have a vegan-based protein, um, but that's also very dependent. I used to be a lot more diligent and um, Diligent might not be the right word, but just focused on kind of supplementation and making sure my protein was X amount. And it has helped me a lot in the past. But I think for me, broader things like you know hydration and making sure I eat enough vegetables and that my digestion is good and my bowel movements are consistent, things like that are probably more important. And they're not probably, they are more important um, than anything else. I do take a green supplement. I do take some inulin. Like those things are quite staples in terms of supplements in my diet. But you know, I see the more, you know, whole food type supplements where they're kind of ground version of kind of whole foods as opposed to isolating a single thing within a food group or a micronutrient. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it all. Excellent. So again, just to reflect on that, you're a bit more focused these days uh, around your kind of digestion. Obviously, we don't, you know, we don't know exactly what a healthy gut is even meant to be and, and, and we haven't been able to define it yet, but I do like how you are thinking about fibre and you're thinking about eating to just feel just to feel normal in yourself mate and I think it's an important point as well because 
like you said, you've been you've been training since since you were what was it? You know, going in and out of gym since you were like a, a teenager. It's important to remember, and uh, if listeners aren't really aware, if you're engaging in resistance training or or body weight exercise and things like that, and um, you know you're either new to that or you're getting back on board of that. You can you can still gain lean mass without having to be in a in a calorie surplus without having to eat protein that you might have read you know the kind of 1.2 1.5 2.0 grams per kilo body weight. I think it, you need to remember that the tra- the training stimulus is is key, and that's where you know Jamie's maybe kind kind of come on that journey as well to be like actually if I if I get if I get under tension if I'm doing exactly what I need to do training wise and I'm eating nourishing food then you know maybe that extra kind of 30 60 grams of protein that i used to really be on um i might not need it because i'm still putting in that stimulus side of things so i think it's a nice place mate to then dovetail into that that physical activity we talked about just movement but i think that's a nice place to consider if people do have a bit more time or just that concept on you don't have to you, you at the moment we can't obviously go to the gym rush hopefully you're not rushing and you can focus more on the actual exercise at the time and I think I've I've tried to do that in myself as well you have a program in mind and it's all a bit about a tick box but actually when you're in the movement and you're thinking about quality and uh, exercising correctly or as as effectively as you can I think that that is a place people can double down on isn't it you know really taking care in your training sessions to to get what you what you want out of them and again it sounds simple but i think maybe too many people are blowing through some of these fast workouts mate when actually you can consider okay where, what are you, are you hinging are you squatting are you pushing are you pulling are you holding uh, it'd be good for you to elaborate a bit on that mate with your experience and just let let people know about how you know how they can zone in on 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 exercises and and hopefully progress yeah 100 um I, you know, I can talk about training for a long time and I've learned a lot from that first lockdown, both personally and things I've worked with. And I think we'll go into kind of how being a PT in lockdown or during this pandemic has been. Um, but I think you, you, we, we need, and I say this because it's an absolute sell, but I'm perfectly fine saying this. You need to have a coach. And when I say a coach, it doesn't have to be a me or a you, um, but it needs to be someone that you're doing this journey with in some way. And this could be a friend right, that you just text your workout and say, oh, I just did this and it was really, you know, difficult or really fun. And it could be really organized where you go on a group Zoom and do yoga together, right? Or it could just be some Instagram person who responds to your message and you say, hey, I did this and this, like, and they just give you a thumbs up tick. I think those things are really, really important. And I don't think I said it or thought about it enough when we first went into this. You know, we need to share these experiences. Very few people train in a box by themselves and never talk about it. And if that makes you mentally strong and you're doing it for yourself and all that other stuff, fine, you know, kudos to you. But I think, you know, for what people need now, we need to share these types of things and we need to express these types of things. And if you're having a hard day and someone knows, you know, I've done it before where I say I'm going to do something and because I've said it, I have to do it because someone's going to ask me, hey, why didn't you do it? And I think us as trainers or personal trainers or coaches need that more than ever. Uh, we need to have a bit more kind of pressure on ourselves because it's easy to devote our time to actually other people and you know try and say I'm too busy, I'm too – but when you actually put it onto yourself, 
you know, I think that's a really important thing. And then kind of to dig into a bit more of the specifics, you know, I'm a you know, massive fan of trying to periodize things and try to have progression and try to, you know, do things in the right you know, way. But right now, you know, I think you need to simplify things as much as possible for yourself and for other people. But you should be moving. You know, we talk about it in planes of motion. If you were, you know, you said lunge. If you should lunge to the, you know, in front of you, to the side of you, and diagonally, you know, if you're a trainer, you know, sagittal plane, frontal plane, transverse plane, I think it's important that people are moving in multiple directions because it's going to stimulate the body in different ways and give you some kind of balance. Unless you're going to spend, you know, 30 minutes a day doing specific joint articulations and movement work and rehab work and prehab work, our training must also look like our rehab in some way. We can't just be giving ourselves something that's going to give us a cardiac or resistance output, basically build muscle or build strength um, or build our heart and lungs without considering a little bit of our joint function and how our bodies move. I think that would be very, very uh, dangerous and naive. You can do it for the short run. So like, you know, you just want to go on runs, whatever. But as you start to only have, you know, 30 to 60 minutes every day, some of that time must look like something that's going to help your body move in a longevity piece. And that doesn't have to be, you know, side clams, and you know shoulder articular you know seated dumbbell external rotations that are really specific to like rotator cuff or your glute knee or whatever that is but if you're not going to full ranges in some of your movements and you're not actually trying to get some positions to be held for some period of time you know you talk about holding if you're only going to do fast burpees and jump tucks and skipping then the amount of force that's going through your joints relative to the amount of time you're spending in those joints, both thinking about the movement as well as doing the movement, it's just going to create imbalances that later on, you know, are going to come back to bite you a little bit. Excellent. So a few examples of that would be if you're, if you're doing a lot of fast pulling, maybe holding something at the top, if you're doing some kind of body weight exercise, and again, you're flying through some chest to floors, why don't you consider just taking your time on the downward phase and then when when you're coming up, what's that what's that top position? And I think to give an example for myself, I found myself recently. I put up a little video of me pressing a kettlebell above my head, and then I had a guy that I used to work with at one of the, one of the gyms just messaged me to be like, "Mate, get get fully extended." And I said, "I can't actually straighten my arm any further." And he was like, "You need to you need to sort that out. You need to look at your lats." And just even him giving me a message like that, I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to stop stop doing pulling like pull-ups twice a week and I'm actually just going to lower the weight of that press um, and, I, and I'm just going to see if I can straighten my arms above my head and that's just been something that is is the next little kind of goal and you know there's no requirement to be able to press a 30 kilo kettlebell above my head really but I'm just thinking if I do want to do that one day if I've had a good night's sleep and a load of coffee and I'm going to start throwing this thing around then I want to be able to get there and not have to have sore shoulders for, for the rest of the day which will then make me move around and get up and kind of stop my workflow because if I if I find a niggle and you might resonate to this if you're listening to this and you've done some kind of training you haven't quite looked after yourself you're just not in the best mood either you're you're in a little bit of dull pain and you're trying to do something else another task and your mind just comes back to it and you're like oh my you know my shoulders a bit like oh what's happening there so I think that's a brilliant one to say mate so I've got that down so obviously if someone's working on a, a cardiac or kind of resistance output 
con- considering joint function is a must and not all of us obviously have the anatomical knowledge of, of, of someone like yourself and the awareness of how people do adapt through certain training stimulus but I think for most people they can resonate with that how are you moving what what are you doing in certain positions and how's it feeling and and even slowing things down it doesn't it doesn't necessarily always make it easier you know you could have some right. tough sessions couldn't you doing a lot of that yeah even body weight you know anyone that's tried some kind of uh you, you know yoga or positional work or single leg single arm it's it's incredibly tough yeah and i think you know you, uh, if we feel about it it's like three circles or three buckets with water in it i think often you can easily say how do i get my heart rate up right i'm gonna run i'm gonna row i'm gonna cycle and you can just feel it like you can just feel the thing that's limiting you could be you know you know um cooling yourself down could be other things but most of the time you're like i breathe and it's my heart those things can be split apart as well but let's just say the same thing that most people think of that as metabolic right cardiovascular and that's one type of training right and then the other one is like all my muscles right my muscles feel really fatigued and that is quite easily if you sprint up a hill it's probably not your heart and lungs that are struggling you just get burned like and you're like oh my gosh this burn and people call it lactate or whatever doesn't really matter and you can see that and then let's think about this third pocket of like how can I move? How can I get to that end range? How do I, you know, feel this position? And, you know, lots of people say, you know, if you're a yoga person, you know, a lot of that is in that bracket or Pilates person or whatever. But let's get rid of this whole concept of different, you know, types of trainings are specific to each. Really, each can be within, you know, running could be like that. If we did running drills where you literally are lifting your knee as high up as possible and holding it, you will feel your front hip flexor work really really hard and you can hold that if you can hold that for me above 90 degrees for more than 30 seconds sure don't worry about too, doing too much you know hip flex endurance work otherwise there's a way to get end range working through that muscle that's there then you could do general running it could be speed based running it could be long it could be slow whatever you may be and then do your interval running which is much more muscle based than trying to build that endurance in the muscle so just there you thought about running put into those three you know buckets or three little venn diagrams and they can all be in the same session you know they could all be split but i think people need to consider that and exactly what you did there in terms of the burpee or a push-up or whatever it may be be one day you might be doing you know fast burpees one day you might be doing strict push-ups with a four second eccentric and then a one second up and the next day you might be doing front plank whilst doing mountain climbers and then bottom of push-up hold whilst doing spider-man legs and you can see how one of them you know is much more about range of motion and holding positions and time under tension all that stuff one of them is much more about the muscle you know getting your pec or your transverse abdominis, whatever it may be, to be strong and function. And the other one's about let's use the burpee as a way to get our heart rate up, our uh, lungs working, trying to get you know oxygen delivery, mitochondria, all that other stuff, right? And put really simply, that can be done for everything. you know. And if you don't understand all of this stuff, which is perfectly fine, most people don't, then have someone that you trust that does, or just think about what roughly balance might look like. Because if you go into a session, every single session you do, all you feel is like your quads burning, then is that a balanced program? Or if all you feel is your heart and lungs burning, is that a balanced program, right? Or if all you feel is just really good joint health, but actually you're never pushed to any extremes, is that a you know balanced program? Um, so yeah, that's probably my like digging deep when I was thinking about this in terms of actual training um, in lockdown particularly. 
Excellent, mate. There's definitely some things people can dig into there. So that first bucket, just to summarise, is the heart rate up and breathing rate up, the muscles. So everyone's felt that if they've done something and obviously they they feel like they can't keep moving because their muscles are burning. And then the final one is is movement and that kind of range of movement. And if someone's just going in different directions. So I think that sounds fantastic. And people can pick up and run with that and they can do things like, for example, yesterday I did that. I was doing some quick chest to floors and then running around a track. And that was literally just to get to get the heart rate up and uh, just just to, just to move for that 20, 25 minutes. Whereas um, the the afternoon session, it was just around grabbing something that I use heavy for five reps and just trying to push it off the floor and just just move quickly um, and and just try and practice and be a bit more powerful from from a horizontal pressing point of view because it's just a bit of a weak point for me and yeah you, you pick these things and that's you know that's in in kind of a couple of different brackets there and uh, yeah it takes a little bit of a time to formulate a program but I think if people try to address those three buckets throughout the week that's a, that's a brilliant place to start mate fantastic so here's the bragging. You you fit in two sessions yesterday with different, you know, one was like a speed stress session and one was like an aerobic. I barely fit in like a 20 minute workout out my front door. So I think you're the uh, you're the athlete out the two of us at the moment at this moment in time. I just try and grab grab it when I can, mate. Like today, you know, recording on a Friday here, things are a little busier and um, it's it's just literally walking and and a lot more kind of recording content and doing admin based stuff so yesterday I did have a bit more free time so I just thought literally exactly like you were describing I thought how, how can I work on heart rate and lungs and then how can I work on 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 a little bit of strength off the off the floor because I know I can get down and, and press I can do push-ups a bit more often and, and and I'm quite competent at those so because I had the window and it might not always work for everyone but because I had the window I did do that double session but I have to be careful it's something it's in my mindset as well as where you know that could get out of control and I could prioritize that and do too much but I have found now there's so many other things that that I want to be fresh for and and I need to be available for you know I'm not I'm not going to be someone who's going to be able to put those two sessions in all the time but it is in my nature so I do battle with that with myself and and I will always you know I will always fall back on being like oh I've got a bit of free time maybe I'll go and do some fizz when actually yeah. I probably just need to open up my email and just create tons of folders and move 50 emails into somewhere and actually have a look or like <laughs> Give, give. That sounds like terrible. Yeah, but or like give, like you know, terrible. or like give my grand, you know, give my granddad a call. Like every Thursday, I have a have a have a slot in there on my phone, and and you know, to be fair, I I, I miss it two three times out every, every every week rolling on, and I'd end up doing it on another day. So you know, there's all there's there's always parts of it, but yesterday was just an example of the had the time, the two stimulus I thought would be in my head, and I'd do, and and that's the way to do it. But it's a nice way that you broke it down there because. It just gives people something they can hook onto, and it's and it's a, a relatively easy training kind of format, and then they can add the complexity and what's relevant for their bodies underneath each bucket or in each bucket. Yeah. Cool, mate. Okay, so I think look before 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 we start kind of closing things down, it'd be brilliant to hear from you. You've obviously dovetailed into training concepts and things to consider when people are looking to move their bodies. We've mentioned a bit about food environment and how you navigate things with your family and stuff so what has it been been like as a lockdown pt mate because i know i know we're biased because we work in the health and fitness industry and and goes without saying we're we're looking at it all the time and it it's obviously it's growing and growing even when other sectors are 
unfortunately you know really falling apart or dissipating like hospitality and a few other things so um where's your head at mate with it because some some people are like it's brilliant i'm really busy and others are like i should be busier everyone seems to be smashing it online so it'd be nice to have a bit of a window from someone experienced like yourself who does do both what is it like operating an online pt service at the moment yeah so you know i think we have to be at least somewhat thankful that we're able to do some parts of our jobs i think that like you said the much more you know, people and places and industries that are struggling even more, albeit the fitness industry, I think, is struggling a lot um, in lots of ways. When people say, you know, oh, online training is booming and you know, this, this and that, um, I think it's a very small subset of people of which most of them were already online trainers who are potentially doing much better than other people. For the most part, from you know people that I know, even if they are busy, they are not making lots of money most of the time because they don't know how to make money being an online trainer because that's not what they are. Um, they don't know how to charge. They don't know how to upsell. They don't know how to optimize their processes. They spend so much time, you know, creating content and putting things online and putting their own workouts online and then chatting to their clients and doing all this, but they charge them twenty pounds. And if someone's looking at you and being like, "Oh my god, twenty pounds is a lot of money." for a personal trainer is not a lot of money when you've got to think about if you're putting it in the stuff that you have to do around that to make that happen. Um, so, you know, I think it's difficult and I think there's no blueprint here and there's no standard either. Uh, there's no quality control. So it means that it's an absolute free for all, which in some ways is great because you can, you know, get business from anywhere and you can work from anywhere and you can sell whatever you want. Um, but at the same point, it, I think it puts a lot of insecurity in trainers and what most trainers then do is just charge less because um, they'd rather feel busy and they'd rather help people. You know, most trainers go into it in the right way and all they want to do is just help people. So they're like, sign up to my 30 day, you know, thing. I'll give you a private Facebook group, my personal WhatsApp thing. and It'll be 30 pounds for 30 days. And I'm like, wow, like how much time have that person put in? And even if they get 100 people to sign up and people are like, oh, that's great money. The amount of effort control and then what happens next month and what happens to their egos and how they feel when one person signs on to their 60 pound a month membership after that, you know, and, you know, what do they have to offer? What if all of them stay on, but they want it at the same price and they're like, well, oh, I just, I couldn't I didn't do anything else. You know, that's all I did pretty much because I offered three classes a day and I did this and I did that. So kind of that's the broad part of it in terms of coming in and what i've kind of learned the most um is first i'm very thankful that there's some clients that i've worked with for three four years that i can still see it's bizarre that some of them you know i've now only seen virtually for i guess coming up to a year uh, when it rolls around um but like i said at the start about training and lockdown about you needing a coach or needing a friend or need someone for just sharing this journey of fitness with them I've realized that that is by far my most important thing. You know, lots of my clients literally turn on their, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever, and they just want to talk to me because that's what we do. You know, we move and we talk, but they need to have something that's external from their life that they can actually just talk. And then I, I call it talk, walk, move, right? So we might talk for 10 minutes, right, before anything really gets quote unquote done. And that's what would happen. You know, they don't even get to commute to the gym before they used to walk, you know, to the gym and have the time or maybe away from their phone, maybe just to listen to some music to get changed. You know, when they get changed might be the only time they're not on their phone for three minutes in their whole work day. You know, I was right by the Gherkin, like right in the city, the studio that I freelanced there. 
And so I need to give them at least some of that whilst we're virtual. And, and you know, I do this thing, and we did with Matt, that on a Friday, usually I have, you know, my client Duncan, and I make a coffee, and I literally, sometimes I go on his walk, because he has a small little garden which he walks down to, and we literally walk and talk like it's our thing. And it's so much more important than anything else we could do in the rest of the session just to have that. And I can't stress that more. And I'm someone who... You know, believes in movement and training and exercise and all the things from that um, but that is you know so important and then you know the move comes in and the move is very different for each person and you know I've got some clients that have got you know a bozu ball and you know dumbbells and you know they've got some dip bars now because I'm really you know we might be in this for a while and I was really worried about their pulling work because it gets much more difficult to pull if they don't have a pull-up bar or a door jam or a TRX so lots of them have like bought a few things, um, but it's whatever they are willing to do and then we just fit around them. One of my clients generally has a yoga mat and a couple of yoga blocks and that's it. And that's you know what we work within our restraints of. Um, but it's trying to be consistent and committing that time to yourself. Once someone signs up you know, with me, the fact that they know, firstly I'm taking care of their health and nutrition and sorry, fitness, then it takes the stress of, of them that is worth much more than the bottom line of the money. And they realize that because they're like, I need, I need this because it just makes me better. Um, just like, you know, sleeping, just like eating good food, it all adds up. Um, and I think having someone in your corner that only worries about that, I'm, you know, currently working with a new pregnant client and, you know, she's got friends to support her for this and she's got, you know, her, um, husband that's going to support her like this and then I realized I'm the only person who's not going to ask her about these like baby type questions that's purely like how are you feeling how's your lower back pain you know how's your and you know I've genuinely taken on all of that load for her because other people are much more emotionally supportive maybe even financially supportive I'll take care of this thing I'll, I'll make the crib for you let's set up the nursery where all I care about is genuinely her body and I think when she realized that, she was like, this is why people, you know, love this pre and postnatal type of care, because it's a very different type of care. And it's, I don't, you know, I, obviously, I care about the baby. But for me, it's, you know, that client and how she feels and how her body's moving. Um, yeah, so kind of went on to a few little tangents down there. Um, and I think for the, all those PTs out there that are struggling, I think it'd be a miss to say, like, we took on these roles because we wanted to, you know, help people. Um, so try and help people. And for the current clients you have, they found you for a reason and make contact with them again. You know, I've lost contact with a few people that I worked with and I'm going to keep making contact with them, even if they're not in times of need, even if they're not going to pay me any money, even if we don't end up working together again, because they came to you for a reason and the reason is probably still there unless you know things have drastically changed and i think you can offer them value no matter what and a lot of people are kind of a bit embarrassed to get in contact with you again if you're a personal trainer so they're like oh well i've gone off the rails and they don't they won't want to see me and just remind them that you are there to help them um and that you know you this is a two-way relationship excellent mate excellent again it's just it's just brilliant it's practical talk walk move I think that's awesome. And yeah, the commitment. So that agreement, even even if it's not written down, I know some people, it's all about paperwork or writing something down, recording a video. But just like you said, that agreement where actually I'm here to help take care of you. You know, I'm more on the, the nutrition side. 
like you said, you're on the movement and lifestyle side predominantly. And I think that's just brilliant. And when people do realise that, that is the power of a coach at the end of the day or a practitioner or healthcare worker, whatever you want to call it. Like you said, it's 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 that relationship and it's what you're sharing and um, yeah, what you're not just confiding in, but just working on as a certain part of that person's life. Um, and it's brilliant and it isn't easy adapting to online if you do like to be in person and things like that and like you said the, sure you could go into other things about models of how to make money and all this kind of stuff but I think that human side of it is brilliant mate and that's exactly what I wanted to cover in you know in this little segment of of our chat so um, no I think that's fantastic thanks for your insights so dude I think we've gone through we've gone through our little list of things and again you know we've we've chatted for close to an hour and I hope people find something or you know a few things useful and helpful and as always I'll put your information in the show notes if people want to reach out to you and have a conversation with you um is there anything else you want to let the listeners know about me before we before we sign off no just if you want to find me on instagram lau l-a-u-j-k-b uh find me a message i'm always happy to chat to anyone um if you've got any questions or just interesting stuff you know i you know we sometimes send each other things that we find interesting whether they be training related or goals related or working with people or you know things we see so let me know there otherwise um yeah i hope everyone is kind of navigating this thing um and trying to just do what they feel is right to them and make the best of whatever they have good definitely okay lovely people look thanks for listening and i think we'll sign off on what jamie said about even if you aren't going to get a coach um or you've had a coach in the past and you're then going to start up with them again just telling someone about what you're doing around your health and fitness and some of your lifestyle hacks you shouldn't feel bad about that just do it and people might be interested and they may want to get involved or they may just be like good effort drinking three liters of water that's that's pretty cool anything like that it sounds silly but i think that's that's one of the main takeaway points i think i'm getting from our chat with jamie today is about you know having having a coach is something that i think everyone should explore or just checking in with someone and just letting them know how you're getting on i think that's brilliant so hopefully um yeah if you listen to this and you think it'll be useful to share it with someone as always all the information will be in there in terms of the natural sports nutrition products for 33 fuel and the biomarker testing with fourth i'll put jamie's instagram and his website in there and as always you can reach out to me if you have any questions or comments so have a great week lovely people and we'll speak to you soon oh thanks for having me matt